0: Good morning. It is Thursday, April 27th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. Let's talk about President Biden and how he gets the reporter's questions in advance. He's, <laughs> he's got crib notes.
1: Okay, before we get into this, uh, coming up at 1130, mm-hmm. we've got a great segment that I, everybody's going to love. So our buddy Scott Long, famous comedian, does the sports betting show with Hammer. He's going to be with us. Because because he has a special needs daughter, Maddie, who has kind of become a little celebrity herself. And in light of the just colossal failure with the Brownsville school system and what allegedly happened to that poor kid with the arrest coming out yesterday, mm-hmm. he's going to be with us to talk about how you can hopefully try to protect your child in public school, yeah. um, especially if they're a special needs person. He's got a very special message to parents out there. I think that's going to be just a great conversation. So I didn't mean to derail the Biden stuff, but everybody needs to just absolutely stick around in, in light of what has come out. You just you got to got to stay around for that. So, yes. So Biden yesterday it was uncovered. He has note cards. Yeah. Which are basically telling him who to call on, And what the question's going to be.
0: Yeah, he's got them in advance, so he's already prepped. Now, that's not completely out of the ordinary that they call on a friendly for the first question. Somebody has done a favor or written something nice, and so the communications department at the White House will say, all right, you get first question. Right. But for the president to know what the question is in advance, well, that's a little different. He has cheat sheets and they literally go down in order this one says press conference prep wednesday april 26th you secretary blinken anita dunn Karine jean pierre john kirby i mean the list just goes down exactly who he's calling on and what they're gonna ask
1: well and and so it comes back to proving what we have told you on this program for a very long time which is The media, the mainstream national media, by and large, obviously there are some exceptions, but they are not journalists anymore. They're not out for the truth. They're not out to tell you what's going on in this administration. They are nothing more than cheerleaders for the Democrat Party and for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the idea that is such an insult if you were an actual journalist. To say, yeah, I'll call on you, but only if you give me your question in advance.
0: We need to know, because he has to be prepared. Well, last June, it was exposed. He had that note that said, you enter the Roosevelt Room and you say hello, and then you take your seat. Like, you have to be directed, step by step, what you're doing.
1: Isn't that pathetic? So, th- this is interesting. So th- This guy's president of the United States, which means he should be, from a, a uh, intellectual perspective among the best and brightest of us, right? So when I had to do announcements at church and had to, wanted to, asked to, agreed to do the announcements at church with Mike on Sunday, I said, sure, I'll be happy to help. What do you need me to do? He said, you got to get up there. You got to do A, B, and C. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I did? I got there and said, okay, what are the things you need me to hit? Hit these things. Boom. Go. That's an announcements at church on Sunday. If I can pull it off, Mm -hmm. shouldn't the president of the United States be able to stand up at a podium? and know to take questions and where to... He doesn't even know where to go, Casey. He right. needs note cards telling him where to go.
0: Exactly. Take your seat. Did your note cards from church say, Rob, stand up, go to the lectern. When you're done doing it, go back to the pew and sit next to your wife. I'm sure you kind of knew to do that yeah, already. Yeah, you
1: know what I did? Where where I walked in and I said, where would you guys like me to stand when we start? Mm-hmm. And that was about it. Right. Cool. Let's go. You know why? <laughs> because Casey... I've got my mental faculties about me. I know where I'm going and what I'm doing. I know what's going on. The President of the United States, and this is not a Democrat or Republican thing, this is a just American thing. The President of the United States does not know where he's at or what he's doing a good portion of the time and that should petrify every single one of us.
0: Well, I mean, we've all seen the videos of him, right? After he's done giving a speech, he goes to shake the air or he looks around. Which way am I supposed to exit? And somebody points him in a direction. Go, go over here. The stairs are over here. He was recently passed a note (laughs) that said there's something on your chin. Like you're not even aware of food or stuff on your face. (laughs) Somebody has to tell you, you can't feel that. There's some wipe, wipe that off. You look ridiculous. Just, There's something on your chin.
1: I, just, I and, and again, it's um, it's just, <laughs> gosh darn it, Casey. It's
0: embarrassing. He's
1: the head. He's the head of our. He's the face of our country. hmm He's the face of our country. All right. Um, I'm gonna throw a little curveball here if it's all right with you. Yeah. Um, Why don't we take a quick break, because I want to get this audio of the head of the ATF. He testified in front of Congress yesterday, Mm -hmm. and he got asked about Hunter Biden and charging Hunter Biden for lying on his form about drug use with the guns. That answer was fascinating. And then he also got asked to try to define what an assault weapon is, Mm -hmm. and that answer was even more fascinating.
0: Okay, we'll hear both of those coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Fifteen minutes after eleven, with Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. So, Hunter Biden's lawyers met with the Justice Department officials from there. Uh, I believe this was what yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is all part of the ongoing investigation into the president's fifty-three-year-old loser son. And I believe I might be wrong, but I believe that it was Hunter Biden's lawyers who went. To them.
1: Somebody should have put that on Biden's cue card yesterday. The uh, question about your 53-year-old loser, loser son.
0: <laughs> uh, it gets up there.
1: Uh, I understand there's a question about my 53-year-old loser. Hey, Biden would probably read it off the card.
0: Right, he would if it were on there. Uh, so, yeah, they're meeting with the uh, the DOJ uh, into this investigation. What This thing's been going on since at least 2019. Possibly yeah. what 2018?
1: Well, I, I mean, again, it's on tape. You know, for the party that supposedly is anti-gun and every gun is bad and dangerous, people shouldn't have guns, and there should be more gun rules and regulations. Seems pretty cut and dry to me, Casey. Dude's all over the internet snorting all sorts of stuff, doing all sorts of things, and waving
0: and, his gun around.
1: And on his form, he said, "No, I don't. I don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't understand what the." Hold up is here for the anti-gun party that no one should have a gun. I would think lying on a form about getting a gun would be a pretty big deal to them, but apparently
0: it is not. So they've been examining, investigating. This is just forever. These possible crimes related to Hunter Biden. I, I can recall a year ago when I first started here with you, Rob, and the laptop from hell first came out and we talked about it nearly every day. Yeah. And I recall you saying, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. And I kept thinking, wow, when are they going to do something about this? It's all right there. And here we are a year later, still not doing anything about it.
1: Yeah. So the head of the ATF testified in front of Congress yesterday. And um, he was asked about whether Hunter Biden should be charged since he lied on a gun form. And, well, he did a fine job there, Casey, of ducking and dodging.
2: Should the president's son be turned over since he violated Form 4473? I think that's been publicly reported that that is an ongoing investigation. Again, I am not going to comment on any ongoing investigation. So you don't take a position on we should have equal justice, we should not have a two-tier system of justice? Uh, I'm I'm not able to comment on any ongoing investigation, whether it's the, the, the undercover operations that you referred to or any particular case. I just can't comment under longstanding Department of Justice policy under both parties' administrations on pending investigative matters.
0: He's just not going to comment on an ongoing investigation. That's ongoing. Yeah, i mean for five years, right? Forever. That's why they're keeping it ongoing so that he doesn't have to answer. How long does it take to investigate someone lying on a gun background check? And, you know, if this were like Donald Trump, they'd have news crews there and FBI. And But that's the thing. It almost seems intentional that this ongoing investigation is ongoing so that they don't have to answer any well, you, questions about it.
1: Yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. Can you imagine if it were scratch out hunter biden's name and it's donald trump jr yeah or eric trump right what that would look like and instead it's just like oh yeah it's totally normal that it's taken five years and we're still no closer to uh getting an answer i mean it's again pretty cut and dry it's like you know and uh, again we're going to talk a little bit about this with scott long in the next segment what was the hold up on the whole brownsburg thing it was on tape You guys admitted you had it on tape and it basically took Hammer and I yesterday reading that pathetic response from I think it was the attorney for the police department with some legal mumbo jumbo nonsense and we came out and said... We deserve better than this. Their kids that go to this school. They deserve to know what's going on. Their parents deserve to know what's going on. And probably a coincidence, Casey, within, I don't know if you saw it, like two hours after Hammer and I doing that segment, hey, now there's charges against people. Magically. Boy, I'm sure that was just a giant,
0: but again. Giant coincidence. Why
1: is there such a lack of commitment to transparency from our government, right? You have an opinion. Should the dude be charged? Yeah. There's pictures. If it's no,
0: and what are we waiting on? Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, it, there's going to be a plea bargain.
1: Pro- probably. To Pro- save face. Oh, yeah, there's no way he's going to jail. I mean, I don't think anybody's under the delusion he's going to jail. Only Trump for paying Stormy Daniels not to talk about their sexual relationship. That's the only thing we're going to go to jail to. Guy lying on a form about a firearm. Well, that's mm-hmm. fine. Now, the head of the ATF, he did. Uh, I did think this was pretty funny. He got asked uh, by one of the Democrat representatives... To try to define an assault weapon, mm-hmm. and it b- backfired on her a little bit because he wasn't having any part of that.
2: My question to you is just simply a yes or no. You know what an assault weapon is. You've seen one. Um, again, that would be a decision for Congress to make respectfully as to make that definition. It's, it is. Um, there are there are numerous different legislative bodies that have taken up that question. Uh, they have, have all we laid a and, weapon on the table. You could pretty much say. That falls in the category of an assault weapon. Respectfully, uh, that is a decision that different legislative bodies have come up with different definitions for. It would be for the legislators to make that determination as to how they would define it, unless they were to delegate that authority to ATF.
0: Isn't he the ATF director? ATF? Yes. Alcohol, tobacco, firearm? Yes, that's correct. He's the director, right? Yes, he's
1: the director. He's in charge
0: can't divine something well, that he's in charge of. It's almost like
1: a superintendent of a school corporation <laughs> making six figures and the salary starts with the two mm-hmm. claiming for two months they had no idea that five people in his school were allegedly forcing a nonverbal special needs student to eat vomit. Mm. Don't you look at that and go, how are these people making all these all this money and they're in charge of all these important things and what how would I know? I don't know what's going on. He can't he, get back to this guy, though.
0: They're only in charge when it comes to collecting the paycheck.
1: Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. The Benny's in the paycheck. They're absolutely. Oh,
0: payday. I'm in charge. And then the power
1: when it comes to wielding the power when it's convenient for them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, they're they're uh, they're all over that. Now, I will say the reason he can't define what an assault weapon is, is because there is no such thing. Or I guess you could say that everything is the thing because the purpose of any firearm, handgun, shotgun, bazooka, machine gun, whatever firearm or thing that propels things at a high rate of speed in order to shoot something. Mm -hmm. That's the premise to assault it. Mm -hmm. Everything is an assault weapon. There is no such thing as an assault weapon or you would say everything is an assault weapon. Yeah, it doesn't exist. All right, I know we're a little early, but, well, let's do this. Kev, can you get that Fauci audio? You got that? Okay, so Fauci was on, uh, I think it was CNN It yesterday. was CNN. It was CNN.
0: He's saying it's time to move forward from COVID-19. <laughs> now, here's a guy who's like, didn't he retire? Yeah, he, he retired back in, what, December? Yes. Former National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases director. And here's a guy who- Oh, so happy! Don't look, don't look back in the past. Well, let's and, move forward.
1: And isn't that funny that that was Holcomb's exact thing when there was that bill that would investigate his response during COVID. Uh, we're not going to look back. We're looking forward. Pay mm-hmm. no attention to how I put a million people out of work. Tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. Shut down tens of thousands of businesses. Had a meeting with a domestic terrorist. Pay no attention whatsoever to what we did in COVID. We're not looking back. We're looking forward. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to new ways I can destroy this state. Uh, that's what they always do. So in Fauci's case, he's trying to abdicate his responsibility for the shutdown of society. The point that I made in my response uh, to the reporter in the New York Times article was that what it is, is that there was a personification of me as a person who essentially closed everything down. Those were public health recommendations that came from the CDC. And I have always been very supportive of the CDC because they base their recommendations purely on public health issues. And the point that I made that as public health officials, it's our responsibility to give the public health perspective to it. The decision of how that balances with other considerations really comes from other authorities.
0: <laughs> it wasn't me. He's like he's like Shaggy. It wasn't me.
1: Well, it's it, he is he is Jake Blues under the bridge with Carrie Fisher. It was an earthquake, <laughs> locust, a terrible flood. It wasn't my fault.
0: He said, "I mean, everybody wants this outbreak behind us." <laughs>
1: I don't, we want to move forward. But I don't think he does. Well, he may now because he's not in charge anymore. But I don't think most of those people, I don't think Power Pants Patty down here, uh, Dr. Box, gynecologist, the mm-hmm. uh, health commissioner, uh, I don't think the governor, I don't think any of those people wanted to be on. I think they got, I think those people, because they're sick people. I think they got off on the power that they had during COVID and I think they're sad to have seen it go.
0: Why is he still doing interviews? The only interview he should be doing is on a on a Senate floor. Right. Well, he's doing An investigative it. interview.
1: He's uh he's doing interviews because he same because reason.
0: he loves being out right. right in front of people. Yes. Same
1: reason he was doing them during COVID and on InStyle Magazine or whatever that thing he was on. And they, he was the only person in the stadium at a baseball game. And, you know, COVID's awful, but he's sitting right next to two people in an empty stadium. Mm-hmm. The guy is a fraudster. He's a huckster. Somebody who is not a fraudster or, or a huckster, though, is our good friend Scott Long, a f- famous comedian. Mm-hmm. You know him locally from the uh, the uh, betting show that he does with Hammer on Wish TV. And he's got a daughter, uh, Maddie, who is special needs. And she's become quite the little celebrity lately, and they've talked a lot about her journey. And he's going to join us when we come back. In light of what happened in Brownsburg, he's going to talk about how you can try to protect your kid um, if you've got a kid in a public school with special needs. Because clearly, mm-hmm. you can't trust these, these educators anymore. You can't trust the people who are supposed to be in charge. And uh, Scott's a really great guy, and he's going to open up on this. So everybody stick around. That's going to be a great interview.
0: It's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. Eleven thirty-one. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and several Brownsburg elementary school staff members are facing charges after police say they mistreated and failed to report the mistreatment of a seven year old boy in the special education program.
1: Yeah. And we've talked about this a lot today and the total failure there. And yesterday, um was going back and forth with with the uh, good friend Scott Long and most of you know Scott very famous comedian uh, locally does the sports betting show with Hammer just a super great guy and I thought you know this really should be about long term how do we ensure that this stuff doesn't happen to any more special needs students across our state mm-hmm. our country whatever and Scott has been quite public about his journey with Maddie, his daughter, who has special needs. She's become a, a great little uh, celebrity and, and all the things she's had to overcome. And Scott and his wife have been right there with her. And so I wanted to bring Scott on to talk about, you know, what are things parents can look for? What are things they can do? And I know he's got a big message for people. So let's go to the drivehubler.com dot com hotline. Scott Long joins us now. How are you, my friend?
3: Hey, great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. And yeah, just a little background. Uh, My daughter is 19 now, and um, they have programs, which are great, that continue through basically college age of 22. So um, she's on the autism spectrum, and uh, look, I'm not a therapist, and I'm a trained therapist. I did not go to school. To learn things in regards to you know pe- people that have developmental disabilities like my daughter, but you know i've definitely self learned raised a lot of money and a lot of awareness for this, so I appreciate you having me on the The first thing that people kind of have to realize and I always try to express this is it's you know, no one really goes into when you have a child. Your 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 plan is never. Oh, I, you know, I know I'm going to probably have a child with some kind of special needs. That's it's quite a shocker when you get that word, even if it's before the child's born. And so you've got to come to grips with those kind of things. And um, our country, I always I brag us up. When I do a show, you know, there's all these things about inclusion, not enough inclusion here and there, and all this. Um, our country leads the world in how we treat people with disabilities, like my daughter, intellectual disabilities. Or, and it's something I'm proud of. It makes me feel very, you know, patriotic about our country. Um, I always tell a story about my best friend from high school married a woman from Russia. And the first time she met Maddie, she really enjoyed talking to her, my daughter, and then she started crying after. Her. And I'm like, why are you crying, Elena? And she said, I- I've never met anybody like her daughter. And I'm like, well, you know, you shouldn't cry. You know, I'm, I'm glad you did. She's like, no, you don't understand. I never meet anybody. I have no idea what happened to people like your daughter in my country. I never even seen them. And that's how this country used to be. That's how the whole world was for almost the history of mankind. It's been in the last 20 years, 25 years, 30 years that um, things have changed and for the better. And I don't I don't get mad about it. But in regards to this incident in Brownsburg, I bring these things up because as a parent, you are so stressed when you uh, have your child go off and be away from you. Because, you know, we talk about helicopter parenting, and you can say, is that good or bad? But when you're a parent of a child with a developmental disability, special needs whatever word i i'm not uh, precious about the language at all i just i just want people to be able to feel comfortable about talking about it
1: yes yeah. so, hey scott long is our guest a comedian we're talking about obviously this event in brownsburg and how we treat people with, with special needs and i think that's one of the things that has me so fired up about this scott is these are some of the most vulnerable amongst us and oftentimes yeah. like in the case of this kid he couldn't speak for himself. Months went by and nobody knew about this because this kid couldn't speak for, for himself. And as a parent, it's got to make you super nervous to let your kid go to school each day because while Maddie can you know, speak, she, she's not capable of oftentimes articulating exactly what's yeah. going on or if somebody needed to know something.
3: Um, I, Maddie really did not speak clearly enough for almost anyone to understand her. Uh, outside of maybe us and her grandparents, until she was seven or eight. So I mean, I hear this story and I feel it. Maddie was uh, had also pretty severe asthma, and when she was three and four and five, and we couldn't even understand, she couldn't articulate anything, and all of a sudden she'd have an asthmatic. Attack, and we'd have to race her to an emergency room. I mean, there's just all these things. This is why so many parents of kids with disabilities, like my daughter or this particular uh, person in Brownsburg, show signs of PTSD, like heavy levels. And, you know, as you mentioned, uh, it's... You know, you feel very stressed when you have your child go to someone, especially at seven, and they're not verbal. And uh, this is such not a condemnation of the overall picture. I mean, I can only tell you about central Indiana, and I think uh, most of the people who work with people with Special needs are pretty amazing and pretty wonderful, and it 's a hard job and i 've never been one person to go, "Oh well, the school needs to do this more, and they need to do this you know I feel like if your heart 's in the right place and you 're trying that that 's all I can ask for, but for these people to be so vile i mean i don 't throw the word out vile often it 's not strong enough i can 't say on radio how I really feel. I would need to uh, have every profanity thrown into these these women that were involved in this action. Um, look, we all could be have frustrating days. I wouldn't mind at all if I heard, well, you know, one of these teachers yelled at your child, hey, I've yelled at my child. We all yelled at our children. But to do something to this level is just, it's so foul. It's unbelievable. I don't blame the Brownsburg school administration. Um, you know, they never, you know, trained anybody to behave this way. But, uh, and, I, and I really, truthfully hope that the video does not come out. I don't because it would be so heartbreaking for me to even see. I feel like the words have been expressed enough, but the idea that this could actually happen, it just demonstrates on on the negative that people out there, there are people out there that should not be doing these jobs. Scott Long. If you cannot do that, you know. Scott it's Long is...
1: Yeah. I just want to introduce who you were again Scott Long's our guest. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about obviously this event that happened in, in Brownsburg. Uh, Scott has a special needs daughter uh, Maddie So Scott, what should people if they're if, you know if they're sending their kid to public school or even private yeah. school obviously if they're sending when you're sending your special needs child somewhere what are some things people can kind of look for or do and obviously every kid is different but if you could kind of give some overarching thing because we want these people who can't speak for themselves we want to know if something's yeah. happening to them
3: well you learn early on that you are your child's best advocate and you have to be an advocate um what would i tell this parent i don't know if there's anything you can because when you do have a child that cannot really speak for themselves that happens the story from what i gathered was this was a child who did this a lot and these people got frustrated with it. But why was that child doing it a lot? Was it they're doing it on purpose? No, because most likely they had problems with digestion. I mean, I have spent so much of my career talking about my daughter and trying to help people better understand how close she is to all of us. Not the differences, but the similarities. And you know, it, it just is one of these circumstances where I don't know what to tell a parent exactly, except you do need to be involved. You do need to try to do everything you can to, I think, kind of ingratiate yourself with the teachers and try to feel, make them feel like you're on their side. So, you know, this, these kind of stories don't help. But hopefully, in the long run, some of the providers will realize, hey, I can't behave like this. I can't do this. Has everything always been perfect with my daughter in regards to how her teachers have handled things? No, I don't think that. But overall, I always try to keep in mind that this is a tough job. There's a lot of elements to it that don't happen for a second grade teacher or a sixth grade teacher when you're a special needs teacher. So as terrible as this incident is, and how and I hope Brownsburg does everything they can, either the police department, the school administration, I, I just hope that in general people realize there's most of these people are great people. They're great people. And just a couple I hope don't wreck the idea of how great so many people that work with kids with disabilities like this boy are.
0: Scott Long is with us and my question for you is I've read that there are a lot of nonverbal signs to look for um, like coming home in a bad mood or in a worse mood than normal Have you had to have you experienced anything like that in your parenting with Maddie?
3: Yeah, that's that's a great question, and it's it's hard to to read um, at times. You know, you if, look if you've got obviously a child who doesn't want to go to school, and they had always wanted to go to school because most of these kids want to go to school. There's structure. There's um, you know. Programs and everything that, you know, keeps the day going that just a parent can't manifest. So to me, that would be definitely a red flag. And I would want to talk to someone quickly in regards to that. But, you know, let's let's be logical about this. This is somewhat of an aberration. Thirty years ago, this was not an aberration. You know, 50 years ago, it was probably very likely happening. You know, we we lived less than 100 years ago. There were major figures that were talking about euthanizing people that have disabilities like this. So I don't want to be too negative about one incident. We have to address it. We need to publicize it and make sure it doesn't happen again. But overall, you know, I do want to celebrate most of the people who do work with kids
1: real quick before i let you go scott because maddie's been a success story in many ways she's super involved in the in the basketball team she was kind of their de facto good luck charm uh she's (laughs) running track now what have you guys done as you mentioned she didn't really even talk until seven or eight what have you guys done and and what have you seen that has been successful for her that has helped her make that progress
3: Thanks for bringing that up. Um, To me, that is something that I feel like I am an expert on. Um, In regards to if you've got some child that might be on the autism spectrum, and that's a big spectrum, there are people that that are CEOs that that have autism, and then there's people that will never speak. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt, depending on who your child is. But if your child really has an intellectual de- developmental disability, you need to keep them active and keep them social. And there's lots of opportunities out there, be it Special Olympics later on, Best Buddies. Um, you know, that's why I'm so optimistic about, you know, how the world, and especially in this country, the opportunities that are out there try to find those opportunities for your child know that you're going to have to spend a lot of time getting them back and forth. That's on you though. You know, you, you've you got to love your child enough to put them in good circumstances so they can feel all the great things that we get to feel and that world exists now. So uh, if you know, if I could put some optimism on one of the most horrific things I've ever heard, You know, I just hope that that child gets opportunities in the future, and I know they exist there in Brownsburg and many communities like it.
1: Hey, Scott, we love you, man. Tell Mm -hmm. Maddie we said hi, and thanks for sharing your story today. I'm sure it helped a lot of people.
0: Thanks, man. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It is 1151. It's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. NFL Draft starts tonight. Big event. Hammer joins us in the studio.
4: You had an idea. So if you were going to draft football players based just on movies, football (laughs) movies, fictional characters, okay? So it can't be a real football player. So Brian's song... Does not count because obviously those were real football and players. And you can't
1: pick like Jim Brown in the Dirty Dozen. Right.
4: You know, Dick Butkiss and My Two Dads. Yeah. You know, that doesn't count.
1: OJ Simpson in the uh the the Knight Knight commercial. Gun. The yeah. We're talking about <laughs>
4: actual football movies, fictional yeah. characters. Yeah. So tell me if you buy this. If I have the number one pick in the draft, yeah. you got to go quarterback, right? Yes, you do. I'm taking Stan Gable from Adams College in Revenge of the Nerds. Now, this is my rationale. So, in the movie, uh-huh. right, they mention at a pep rally that he's the two-time All-American quarterback. So, bringing him up to the pep rally. Two-time All-American quarterback at a current pep rally, which means he's the season's still going on. Yeah. There's another year to go, and they haven't announced awards yet. So, this could mean he could be an All-American from his freshman year all the way to the end. You can't find that many places. Give me Stan Gable. All
1: right. And that's strong. And, of course, that was Ted McGinley who played uh, played Stan Gable, and he later went on to be Jefferson Darcy in Married with Children. So <laughs> we, got, we got some bonus points there. Now, I think you're a little blinded, though, by your love of Revenge of the Nerds, which is one of your, if not your favorite movie of Correct. all time. I also agree with you. You've got to go with the quarterback position. However, I'm going with Cush from Jerry Maguire. Cush, okay. Remember the movie Jerry Maguire. Cush is the Jerry O'Connell's character. Yes, the the quarterback that's going to go number one. It is Jerry Maguire's client. He then gets screwed by what's the guy's name? The rival Bob agent? Bob Sugar. Yeah, Bob Sugar. But uh, I was trying to think of the guy's name. Jay Moore. Yes, it was the is the guy's name in real life. Cush is the uh, overwhelming number one pick. We never now. You're, to your point though, you never actually knew Cush's. Accolades, I believe. I don't think they went into great detail on that.
4: Right. But if he's going to be the number one pick in the draft, there's got to be a pretty high upside yeah. there.
1: So uh, I'm going to go with Kush. It's hard, again, to argue with Jefferson Darcy. That's probably a strong pick. Casey, uh, you, the floor is yours.
0: I'm going to say Bobby Boucher. Because who doesn't want to laugh, right? It's pretty good. You know, that that's your run stopper. That's your edge
4: rusher. That's all things in one. That's right the Will there. Anderson
1: of this draft.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's your Khalil Mack in his prime yeah. right there is Bobby Boucher. Uh,
0: I mean, he showed up at halftime at the Bourbon Bowl <laughs> and they ended up winning because right. of him.
4: He makes everybody around him better. Right. Like you saw that with that uh, Mud Dogs team that he was mm-hmm. on. It makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. Now, later in the rounds, now this is not somebody you take in the top 10, maybe not even the top 20, but I think you have to put a flyer out there for special teamer Forrest Gump. Because... <laughs> he can run the ball. Rob, as you know, Devin Hester was That's a true. weapon it was with the, the Chicago Bears. He was the only offense the Bears had for about 10 years. The Randy, punt team. Opening kickoff back for a touchdown. Now, again, you're not going to get much help on the defensive side yep. and I don't think he's playing too much wideouts but from a pure special team standpoint, Forrest Gump is a game changer. okay
1: will the city riot tonight because we got a track record to doing that and we don't we won't know where the mayor is if <laughs> if, we, uh, if we don't take a quarterback at four.
4: I think the Colts are taking a quarterback. Yes, the city will riot if they don't take one. But I, if it comes down to Richardson or Levis, I don't like either one Trade of them. A tank
1: the season. There's so many good quarterbacks next year. Just tell her the Bears did it last year. I was fine with it.
4: Trade back and get Hendon Hooker. I like him better than these other two. I know he's old and coming off an ACL. But... <laughs> kind of like you, old and coming <laughs> off an ACL.
0: Hey, can we, can we give special mention to Johnny Utah? Point break. He always gets his man. There's character issues. That feels like a Ryan Leaf pick to me. <laughs>
1: hey, that's it for our show today.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kettle and Casey on 93 WIBC.